Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 89 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to speak about the two Game 7s that occurred in the NBA yesterday. This is being recorded on Monday afternoon. I'm going to talk about the Easter Con- uh, the conference finals matchups and what to expect from them and what I think is going to happen. So let's talk about let's talk let's start with the Celtics and Bucks. Look, I thought the Celtics were going to win that series. I thought it was going to be a l- less stressful than seven games. The fact that it went seven games is a testament to Giannis Giannis's greatness and pretty much that alone because that is really the only reason that series went to seven games and that's the only reason that they had a chance to win it because overall one two whatever eight or nine however people however however many people play in the playoffs for both teams the Celtics are just flat out better because all right Giannis is the best player in the series right two and three probably go to the Celtics you want to throw Drew in there not gonna be mad at you and then then you have like the Celtics have more depth than than, than the Bucks do they, they have a better overall team and then you consider the fact that the Bucks lost Chris Middleton for the season I mean well yeah it turned out it was for the season they lost him and they didn't have him in the series that was just too much for them to overcome given the fact that the Celtics had the best defense in the, in the NBA in the regular season and it's carried over to the playoffs. They've had the best defense in the playoffs, too. Like, the Bucks' half-court offense was abysmal in the playoffs. Especially in this in this series in particular. I think they averaged, what, it was like 90 points per 100 possessions in, in, in their half-court offense. It, that's miserable. That's an absolutely miserable number. The only reason this series was that competitive is because Giannis Antetokounmpo is just that good. And, you know, Jason Tatum is amazing. Jason Tatum played Giannis damn near to a standstill for the last two games of the series. That was critical in them winning the series. Grant Williams shot, what, like 8 for 18 from 3 yesterday, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. That was critical for them winning game 7. It was was one of those you kind of knew. Once the the Bucks lost game 6, you kind of knew, like, it's going to be really tough for them to win game seven, just based on the matchup of the, the actual two teams. But you, if you have Giannis, you have a shot. And he didn't play his greatest game yesterday. You know, he, he missed a whole bunch of bunnies. You know, he was not great. There, there's no two ways around. He had a great, great series, and he shouldn't be, he, he shouldn't be, you know, killed too much for having a bad game seven. But it, it was bad by his standard. It was. He just was not great yesterday. It is what it is. It happens. Everybody has off games, blah, blah, blah. It happens, right? But, I mean, back to the to, to the Bucks game plan. Look, all year, you know, people who know more than me, like I follow a lot of you know, basketball X's and O's type of people on, on, on the Bird app because I, I like to learn about the game, you know, and I, I really appreciate the kind of input that those, that those men and women give about the game and, you know, especially given that I didn't watch that much hoops this year, but I felt like I was in tune following these people and you know consuming content of you know the film heads and X and O's heads, right? So for the most part, they've been telling you the whole year the Bucks game plan 
they're cool with you shooting threes, which is a wild sentence, mind you, in 2022. You're cool with, you're cool with the other team shooting threes. Now, it works a little bit better if you're giving them, if you're funneling them to bad shooters. Sure, not arguing that. If you're funneling three pointers to bad shooters, you might get you might get your desired results if they just keep firing up, you know, if they keep firing up threes. Right? You might get your desired result. Like if you play against Warriors and you want to give Draymond Green 10, 12 wide open I mean, he's not gonna take them anyway. But let's say he loses his head and he takes those 10, 12 wide open threes. That's probably a net victory for you based on how he shoots nowadays, right? Okay. And, and, and I try to be rational about this with coaches for the most part because it's a very hard job, right? It's a very hard job. It's a very thankless job. They put a lot of hours into it. And, you know, all of those guys have forgotten more about ba- whatever their sport is, basketball, football, whatever, than I will ever know. A- and I respect that, right? With that said, they should not be above reproach, especially when your game plan was essentially to to let Grant Williams shoot practice standstill threes. Bro, Grant Williams shot 41% from three in the regular season. What are we doing? 41. I understand. You 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 want to take the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands as much as you as much as you can. I understand you want to take the ball out of Jalen Brown's hands as much as you can. I get those things and I'm not even knocking you for doing that, right? But Grant Williams shot 18 three-pointers in a professional NBA playoff game yesterday. 18. 18. And here's the kicker. None of them were bad shots. None of them. All of them were standstill, wide open, practice. You know, you, you, you can spin the ball. You can kiss to, you can blow a kiss to the crowd before shooting them. Type of fucking three-pointers. They kept giving him wide open open butt ass naked three pointers why what now granted the, the bucks were like four for 30 from three and they got outscored by 54 from the three-point line so a lot of this didn't matter but of course you're gonna get outscored that much if you're gonna give a fucking 41 percent three-point shooter 18 wide open looks 18 18 what are we doing 18 wide open looks bro 18 18 Again, Grant Williams took 18 three-pointers in a playoff game, made eight of them, and we can't even say, yo, he was spazzing. Like, he was out of control. Like, he was going crazy out there. We can't even call him Dylan Brooks. But Dylan Brooks was, act- was actively shooting in favor of the Grizz, um, in favor of the Warriors. He looked like he was fucking point-shaving. We can't even call him that. He shot 18 wide-open threes. What part of the game, like, Jason Tatum is great. Jason Tatum also lives on a lot of difficult fucking shots. Now, he makes a lot of them because he's Jason fucking Tatum, but he lives on a lot of fucking difficult, contested shots. I'm positive that I'd rather him taking contested 18-footers than Grant Williams taking standstill three-pointers. I'm positive of that, and I know how good Jason Tatum is. I've been singing his praises for four years. I know how good he is. I know how good Jalen Brown is. I know that. I know they're very, very good players. In Jason Tim's case, he might be one of the top ten players in the league. I think. I think he is. But like, I, I just don't understand the logic of the game plan. We're gonna let a, this guy who shoots forty percent from three take standstill threes. Like, it's one thing if you even lightly contested him. It's one thing. Like giving Derek White all the wide open threes. Fine. He he he's not a good shooter. Fine. Understood. Grant Williams is a good shooter. He's ter- he has worked his ass off to make himself 
the ideal NBA role player. He defends well on the ball. He defends well off the ball. You know, offensively, he sets good screens. He rebounds well. He shoots the ball well. He does all of the little things that you want out of your out of your role players, especially come playoff time. He's worked his ass off. All credit due to Grant Williams. Because I'm sure it manifested itself in that kind of moment. Like, man, I really worked my ass off to get here. And, and it's, it's paying off in the biggest on the biggest stage in one of the biggest moments. Props to him. But I don't understand the fucking game plan. I don't. And they did it all year. They were comfortable letting you shoot threes. But it's one thing letting mediocre shooters shoot, shoot threes, average shoot three, average shooters shoot, shoot threes. You're giving a good shooter wide open corner threes. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? And, and then you look at the other side where they couldn't even generate actual good threes for themselves. And, and then you get what you get, which was a blowout. It was It was not a competitive game at all. It wasn't. Like, Coach Bud, Giannis being Giannis, and Kevin Durant's shoe not being a, 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 a smidgen smaller is why Budaholzer is not on the hot seat as we speak. He should be. He should. Just on. I, the, the, we've seen Bud coach in the playoffs a long time, and we've seen him do some puzzling shit year after year after year. But my guy, leaving a, a, a 41% three-point shooter wide open for 18 three-point attempts might be fireable. It should be fireable, to be honest with you, bro. Because what is the logic? What's the logic? The Celtics got whatever they wanted by virtue of the, the, the Milwaukee defensive game plan. They got whatever the fuck they wanted, which was wide open three-pointers. It's like, we don't give a fuck. If you want, if you want Grant Williams to shoot you out of the playoffs, he's going to oblige. And he did. They followed wide over. Th- I can't get over how stupid that is. That's so. That's unfathomably stupid. To the point where I'm sitting here yelling about it on this podcast. But hey, man. Boston deserved it. To me, they were the better team. The Chris Middleton injury really killed Milwaukee because their half court offense had no juice. You had Grayson Allen playing 30 minutes a night, looking like, uh, looking like boo boo. You had um, George Hill's corpse playing a whole bunch of. Mid- it was it was all bad again. Shout out to Jason Tatum. Game six was probably the best game. Of, not probably. It was it was the best game of his of, of his career. He matched Giannis. He matched Giannis punch for punch. He, he's one of the game's brightest stars. He should be treated as such. Jalen Brown, a really really good second guy. Really good. He should be like arguably the heartbeat of that team. The leader. The lead by example guy. Shout out to him. Props to him. You know, they're role players. You know, the Al Horfords, the Grant Williams, even, even the fucking Peyton Pritchers of the world contributed. Hey, the Celtics deserve credit. It makes me sick to my stomach to give it to them, but they deserve credit. They're a great team. Uh, to me, they're the best team left. From top to bottom, they're the best team left. From coaching staff right on down, they're the best team left. And to moving on to the Boston-Miami series, it's going to be a war. Like, I think Boston is better and... While Boston's half-court offense does provide some concern at times, and Miami's defense is definitely not um, the Milwaukee defense as far as game plan goes, Milwaukee definitely has the personnel. They're not gonna they're not gonna sit there and just allow you to shoot threes. I don't know what their game plan is going to be. I, I can't wait to see it. Eric Spoelstra is one of the game's all-time great coaches, and he should be treated. He should be acknowledged and treated as such. He's gonna be ready. Now, do they have enough offensive juice? To get the Celtics out of here. I don't think so. Jimmy Butler's great. He's going to do what he does. Right? 
He's, he's going to do what he does. Playoff Jimmy, all of that. Clutch Jimmy, whatever. He's going to do what he do. Bam out of bio, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry with barely functioning legs. Tyler Hero, you trust those people? Because I don't. I don't. Not in this Not in this particular setting. Not, not against the league's best defense. I, I don't. It's going to be a war. Don't get me wrong. Like, these games are... If you liked 90s Eastern Conference basketball, I'm just simply talking about, like, the scores and the type of play. You're going to like this. But it's not going to be because offenses are rudimentary and they're hunting mid-range jumpers like it was the 90s. It's just going to be because these two these two teams can really guard. The coaches are sharp. They're going to have really good game plans. They, have all, they all have really good versatile defensive players, especially on the Celtics side. It's going to be a... If you like defense, you're going to like this series. You're going to like this series. It's going to be a really good defensive series. Now, with that said, I think the Celtics win at six. I think the Celtics are better. The Celtics, for my money, have the best player in the series. They have the best defense in the series. The coaching advantage is going to get, is going to get them a game, probably. Um, I, the, the Heat's half-court offense doesn't do anything for me. Like, Jimmy's great. There's only so much that Jimmy could... I, I don't think you're saying, all right... Jimmy, we need 45, go get 45. And and not to oversimplify it, because that's not the only thing that's in consideration here, but it's part of it. Jason Tam can get you whatever you need. I don't think Jimmy's that guy to that degree. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe the, maybe the Heat win. I mean, I've been wrong a lot in the playoffs. You know, uh, we're, we're going to get to Dallas and Phoenix in a minute. I was wrong as fuck on that one. So, who knows? I think Boston in six, unfortunately... I can't even really say I hope I'm wrong because between the Celtics, their fans, and the Heat, and their fans, and Heat culture, all this shit, can, can we just cancel the season? Like, let's not even play the series. Let's disband the NBA right before the series starts. It's really the series from hell for me. But basketball-wise, if you like grimy basketball, I, this might be the series for you. I don't think this is gonna be no. I don't think this is gonna be no flashy up and down one twenty-five, one twenty-two type of basketball. Like you'll get a couple of those games because the Celtics have a, a lot of good shot makers and they'll be on. They'll be on for a couple or whatever. But it's gonna be some grimy basketball. And when the talent level is high, I, I, I'm not. I'm not super opposed to low-scoring basketball games. Like, some of the best basketball games are low-scoring. But re-watching, like, the 90s now, like, the 90s hoops now, it's just like, a lot of this shit is just, the talent level wasn't what it, what it is now, anywhere close. The offenses weren't what they are now. They, they treated the three-pointer like it's something you shouldn't do. Like, it was just morally wrong to take them. It was just, like, Larry Bird took one three a game for his career for his I mean, it was just, I don't know. I, I could go on and on about that. But moving on, uh, Dallas for Phoenix. So I thought Phoenix was going to win that series. They went up 2-0. I thought they were going to win that series. You know, they went up 3-2. I thought they were going to win that series. I never really thought they were going to lose that series until the fourth quarter, um, the first quarter of game seven. It's like, yo, these dudes might lose. Because they came out just extremely flat and shook it was it was unbelievable like Luka Doncic deserves a lot of credit but this really isn't about him 
Dallas deserves credit for the adjustments that they made. They started to hunt Chris Paul. We could do say whatever we want about his potential health issue. Like apparently he might have had a quad issue. I mean he's thirty seven years old. That's kind of part of that. That's kind of part of the deal. You thirty seven. You've played what seventeen seasons in the, in professional basketball. It's part of the deal, man. You're gonna be worn out come May. Like that. It is what it is. But they hunted him relentlessly. Like they they cut off. A lot of the mid-range jumper that Phoenix likes to take. And they did a great job. But, I mean, I thought Jason Kidd was a bad hire as a coach because he was bad in his previous stops. And I was dead fucking wrong about that. He's been great for the Mavericks. Good for them. I- I'm excited to watch Luka Doncic play for for at least another playoff series. I-, I love watching him play. He's one of my favorite players to watch in NBA. I'm enjoying that por- that portion of the program, and even though some of the the, the discourse around it, oh, you know, you should get his teammates involved, is kind of stupid to me. But they're in the Western Conference Finals on his back, so do with that information whatever you will. But more of the Suns, because when you have a collapse like that, fair or not, we're going to talk more about the team who lost and the team who won. That's the game. I gave Dallas State credit, so we we, we knocked that out. The Suns. They they talk. A lot, and, and I don't mind the talking. I, I'm not sit, sitting here criticizing them for talking. It's entertainment. I, I do think there's a, a, a try hard element to Devin Booker that I've never really particularly cared for, especially when like he's on the ground, pretending, acting like he as if he got shot, and he wants to, he wants to talk about oh, it's the Luca special. And it's like you look at that guy, that guy's face when anybody touches him, and it's like, how are you? going to mock somebody else for, for embellishing a little bit of content. But whatever. Either way, I understand why somebody wouldn't necessarily like the Suns, right? And also, if you're going to talk that much, you cannot come out here and get, what, 50 piece for... I don't even... I don't know the final score. I don't care about the final score. They was down by 50 at one point. At halftime, they had as many points as the best player on the other team. Luka had 27. They had 27. You can't do that. And I mean, to get to the main event, because Devin Booker seems to skirt by as far as the as far as the um, the peanut gallery goes, you know, as far as the public consumption goes, you know, the general public, what they feel about, you know, how the suns collapse, whatever. He seems to skate by. I was watching, you know, sports TV this morning. Not much to talk about Devin Booker, you know, um, in the tweets. Not much to talk about is about Devin Booker because we don't like Chris Paul as a collective. But it's like, if Devin Booker, we were talking about him being an MVP candidate, and you have the, the people who think that uh, just because you're on the team who won the most, or you're the, be- the uh, quote-unquote best player, you should win MVP. You have people talking like that, and then he completely no-showed a Game 7, and yet there's no real talk about him. That's kind of strange to me. And this is not an anti-Booker thing. I don't really care for Devin Booker in one way or the other. He's a really good basketball player. That's all I'm willing to acknowledge. I don't like the guy. I don't dislike the guy. He's just there. He's really good at basketball. Um, it, I do think there is a reason that the re- that them winning coincided with Chris Paul getting there. Yeah, they they were on the they, they were ascending before he got there, but he pushed them he pushed them over the proverbial hump. Right? I think there's a reason for that. I don't think you're getting a whole lot of places with Devin Booker as your best player, especially g- given that. He doesn't handle doubles and traps well, which is hilarious because he was the same one on film once uh, working out in the summer. And I think it was like Joe Kim Noah and somebody else playing against him and they trapped him. And he was like, oh, no traps or whatever. No traps. We were working on our game. It's like, well, 
a beat traps party game, bro. And this was this was before Chris Paul and them even got long before Chris Paul and them even got there. Where the Suns were dog shit, and he knew he was gonna get doubled or trapped all the time. And he was still like, well, we're not we're working on our games. But alas. Uh the 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 reaction to Devin Booker just lets me know he ain't that guy and people are kind of lying to themselves when they want to put him in those conversations with the Jason Tams of the world. Because if that was the case, then he'd be getting way more critique today. Because anybody basically not named Kevin Durant puts up that kind of performance and is allegedly one of the bright young stars in the NBA and they're going to get killed for it. So, it can't be both. Now, with that said, on to Chris Paul, since that's the biggest story, that's what everybody wants to talk about. I think a lot of the narratives around Chris Paul are kind of stupid and not really based on much reality when you actually look at his playoff career and not just create whatever narratives you want to create around him. Like, Chris Paul has had some shitty playoff moments. Not arguing that. And when you have zero championships, we focus on the, on the shitty playoff moments more, especially when we don't like you. I'm not arguing any of that shit. But he's had a lot of great playoff moments. And a lot of these teams who... You're, who we're saying could have won, you're asking them to win built around a five foot ten guard. Who wins around six foot guard? Who wins championships around six foot guards, bro? Who? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody does. So th- that that that's part of the narrative that I, I don't really fuck with Chris Paul. Like so a lot of the playoff narrative I think is is overdone and is in his bunk because we don't like him. But with that said, um uh, to be fair here if you're going to praise him for his leadership all the time, and rightfully so, I'm, I'm not here to argue that he's not a great leader or whatever, or he doesn't lead teams. We've seen his record. We've seen his track record leading teams to, to leading teams who previously sucked or whatever, or leading good teams to being great or whatever. Like we've seen that track record, so I'm not arguing that that he doesn't deserve that. But if he if you're going to give him credit for that, then we cannot overlook the fact that. In a game seven, his entire team didn't show up. That is a reflection on him because he is the leader of the team. That is a reflection on the coach who they didn't look prepared to play. Like, is it just them? No, it's everybody. Nobody played well for Phoenix yesterday. Nobody, not a soul. The first man, the eighth man, the 15th man, whoever the fuck, none of them played well. So I'm not making this just about Chris Paul. Nuance exists, fine. But it is definitely a stain on his resume. There's no two ways around it. Even if, you know, he's compromised or he's old, however, whatever you want to put behind it, it's a stain on his... Because it's one thing if you lose a competitive game or Luka goes for 46 and you lose by 10 or some shit like that, then everybody could... Everybody reasonable or semi-reasonable could just say, all right, man, they lost. Like, yeah, you lost a 2-0 lead. I'm not as fascinated with the whole losing a 2-0 lead as other people are. I just feel like... That happens regularly enough where, yeah, he's blown the most 2-0 leads ever. Okay. Once he, if he starts blowing 3-0 leads, holler at me, basically. That's where I'm at with it. But you have to, it, it looks awful on him. Like, yes, he played poorly, but it's not even about that. You could play poorly and lead your team in other ways. You could play poorly and the rest of your team picks you up. You could play poorly and lose. It's not even about losing and winning, quite frankly. If they lost that game by five, we're not talking about this. We not. But they came out in a game seven. They played like that shit was game one of the preseason. And and Dallas throttled them. And Phoenix Phoenix's roster is probably better. You can make that argument. Uh, not probably. Phoenix's roster is better. 
Whether Chris Paul is healthy or not, we don't fucking know. We probably never will. To be fair to him, he ain't the type to make excuses. Right? And he's old as fuck. That stuff, stuff happens to old to older dudes in the NBA. But they, they were, bro, they were getting 40 piece at halftime. 40! 40! At halftime. At halftime, Luka Doncic at 27, the Suns at 27. It can't be that. It can't be that. We're not even asking you to win the game. We just ask you to not put up the most embarrassing Game 7 performance to ever be on record. I don't even care about the sport. Yeah, I don't watch. I don't consume hockey the same way other people do, even though I'm having fun watching the playoffs or whatever. I don't consume hockey the same way other people do. Baseball, basketball, I don't remember a, a more embarrassing Game 7 on record. And I'm a Yankees fan. I watched 2004. Where the Yankees blew three games in a row, and that by the time the game seven started at eight o'clock, by eight forty-five the game was over. I watched that, and I'm telling you that this is the worst game seven performance to ever basically be our record ever, ever. Like they were at home, they were the better, they were the they were the better team, the favorite. You have a Hall of Famer, you know, Devin Booker, who everybody loves. You have one of the better big men, big men in the league. You have DeAndre Ayton. And you're getting 40 piece at halftime. You're down by 50 at one point. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? That reflects poorly on all of them. But especially Chris Paul because it starts at the top. If you want to say Chris Paul is their best player, you have to look at him funny for this. And again, I'm not even talking about just individual performance. Chris Paul goes 4 for 13, gives you 15 points, 12 assists, and they lose by 5. We, yeah, the usual suspects are going to clown him. Fine. Most reasonable people are just going to go, hey man, they lost. Whatever. Like, all right, he didn't play great. It don't look great on him, but they, they lost. We could be reasonable about this. Bro, they were getting 50-piece in the crib at home. People were leaving in the third quarter. In the third quarter. That can't be it. It can't be. But as far as the... Uh, enough about the, the, the loser-ass sons. The Western Conference Finals, the Mavericks and, and, and the Warriors. I, I'm almost... At, I don't want to bet against him ter- territory with, with Luka, right? And he's going to have matchups to exploit in this series. He's going to have matchups to exploit. But, like, I don't think any of those dudes are really equipped to guard him like that and, and, and make it make life difficult for him. They might make life difficult for everybody else, which in turn makes life difficult for him. I think he's going to get his regardless because Luka is just that guy. He's the one. He's him. How, whatever the young kids want to use to describe him. He's all of that, right? Um, and, I mean, he's the best player in the series. As of as of today, as of right now, he's the best player in the series. All time, obviously, Steph is better. He's been playing way longer. Luka's a better basketball player at this very moment than Steph Curry is. So, how much does that matter? Jason Kidd's doing a hell of a job. I can't knock him. Um, the Warriors seem to have that championship medal. Even though the, 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 the Grizzlies tested them probably more than they should have, given that they had Dylan Brooks out here throwing up 30 shots a night in the, in the final three games of that series. But... Ultimately, I think the Warriors are just a little bit better. If Spencer Dinwiddie can show up like he did in Game 7, somewhere near that, because obviously he's not doing that that particular performance again. He ain't doing that. If he can show up a little bit, Jalen Brunson can continue to make make more money for himself, because that's that's what this playoff run is about for him. If, if they could do that, like this could go 7. The Warriors have the championship grit. They have the championship medal. They have the IQ. Um, I mean, these Mavericks have kind of, they, 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 they've had some experience, but the Western Conference Finals is kind of a different animal, especially against that kind of team with those kind of defenders. 
and you know that kind of home crowd they have the home court and all of that so ultimately man i'm not the, the warriors as constructed and i realized that this is 2022 and this run started basically in 2013 they really since they started winning championships they have not lost a series where everybody was healthy they haven't look it up do whatever you need to do they have not lost a series where everybody was healthy and operating without a known injury obviously 2016 you have the the, the dream on suspension okay that happened whatever they they have not lost a series with Steph, Draymond, and Clay at near op, near full operating levels. And I think they're better than Dallas. They have the home court. I think they win in six. And on that note, I'd like to implore you to listen to the middle initial podcast with myself, Andrew Case, and Drew Day Jackson as we as we talk about current sports topics. Um, you can listen to Fly Fancy with myself and Drew A. Cam as we discuss current fantasy topics. We will be back soon with a dynasty geared episode about the current rookies and their landing spots and how we feel about them rate review and subscribe for those podcasts and for this one and i will see you when i see you oh. play, uh, play.